Stieber, Stieber kapura törhet, eldőlhet a mérkőzés, Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Gól! Welcome to the Hungarian International. Uh, on today's show we have David Asboff. Welcome to the show, David. It's all good to be here. Uh, on today's show we're going to be talking about literally Hungary's World Cup qualifying campaign. Hungary's excruciating World Cup qualifying campaign. David, we'll go with you first. Um, let me cast you back right to the start of qualifying. Hungary had just come off this fantastic Euros. Confidence and enthusiasm, what is it? It's sky high. Um, how are you feeling personally going into qualification? Were you kind of confident that Hungary might get a second place, at least? Well, I mean, it's we got a tough group in terms of trying to finish in the top two. You know, one of them, one of the teams, despite us actually doing really well against them at the Euros, they did go on to win it. Um, and Switzerland, we know, are full of good players. So I think it was a tall order to to think that we have a, a reasonable chance at second place, but. I did think, well, you know, if we play like we did at the Euros, especially like against Portugal, where we weren't phased by bigger opposition, I thought, well, why not? We can nick a few points at home against against Switzerland and Portugal. We might at least give it a good go. So, I mean, I was as optimistic as ever, probably slightly over-optimistic as ever. Yeah, I, I think how I kind of looked at it was that there's obviously there's three good teams. I included Hungary in that um, uh wrongly clearly um, well luckily we don't have to play them <laughs> yeah and then then so it, it all depended on you beating the rubbish teams which you would expect everyone all the other teams in the group to do switzerland obviously did end up beating the, the all the rubbish teams portugal did the same and that i expected us to do the same as well um and then and then it was going to be a three-way three-way table battle and a shootout for the for the top three places um so i can't i was kind of optimistic as well i mean it depended on the results against switzerland and portugal and and in the past we had been good against big sides as well so i was kind of confident going into it obviously it started with the draw to the euro uh, to the pharaohs which kind of like put a huge dampener on the whole on the whole qualification campaign as it turned out um i think at, at that point arguably uh that was it you know like it was as you say it was a prerequisite that we had to beat everyone else i mean if we want to be serious about qualifying we have to f assume that that's going to happen um so i think and also the way that we couldn't deal with the game like it's not like we were you know it's not like we went up a gear in the second half and just were really really unlucky not to win and we just never looked like winning that game so i think after that i, I was certainly very pessimistic um I think on Twitter, I think our moods were a bit, well, you know, that's not what I expected after the Euros. Mm -hmm. And I can uh, imagine, and that kind of was like a sinking feeling for the whole nation, really. I mean, there's this time where Hungary qualified for the first Europe, uh, first major competition in 30 years. And then optimism, like I said earlier, and, and enthusiasm was at a sky high and then brought crashing back down to earth again in, 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 a, in a tepid nil-nil draw with Pharaohs. And arguably could have been worse it could have been it could have been a loss to be fair because Ferris actually had the better chance and, his, and it was almost like oh that, that was a fluke in the summer wasn't it uh, yeah I, that's it that's it because we, we were hoping that the last 30 years were the fluke and it was finally we're back to where we belong but it's pretty clear that it was the euros that was a weird blip in the uh, 
in the system. Yeah, exactly. And then what up was up next was was the three two loss to Switzerland. Um, do you, I mean you, you kind of intimated that qualification was over after the Faroes game, which which arguably is true. Uh, but at that point, was it like I know it's only two games in, but was it like the final nail in the coffin already at that stage? Do you reckon? Yeah, well, based on the Pharaohs' result, yeah. Like, if we'd have beaten the Pharaohs and then lost at home to Switzerland, we could have thought, well, maybe if we get if we beat Portugal for some reason at home, then you know whatever, or maybe get a draw away, and you know we could have still added it up somehow. But it just compounded the fact that we're stuck with one point after two games. I mean, there was no coming back from that. And it was kind of annoying, right? Because we played pretty well in that Swiss game. We could have could have got a draw, and we might have felt okay. But I think that was definitely. Um, I think it, we we couldn't have really argued that we still had a chance after that. Yeah, it was it, it was it was probably the best we played in the whole of the qualification. To be fair, and it was the last we like I can remember before that everyone was like oh was was still a bit like uh, skeptical over Zolai and his importance to the side. He he had a good Euros, but there was still like kind of a skeptic skepticism about him. But then he turned up came up massive in that game scored a brace everyone was like whoa this is this is the Zolai we remember from years ago and then Valentin Stocker scored a late uh added time goal and that was that was just like such a sinkness such a like oh man it, it was really sad um and that kind of I mean if the Faroes result came like we came crashing back down to earth that was more of a like oh and our looks changed as well it, it, that was kind of how it felt at that point yeah, um, was was he not was he not a top scorer in the end? Still, despite missing a load of games. Zola, yeah. 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 I mean that that does it all, doesn't it? Uh, Juju, I think he scored one goal in qualification. Mm. Um, Zola scored. Uh, was, wait, hang on. Was that the one that was just given to him after the game, the Latvia one? Uh, yeah, and that was arguably an so own was, goal. Yeah, exactly. So it was barely his goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, uh, and then what did we have next? We had. Two wins in a row, where we beat the mighty Andorra, which is no mean feat, as we'll later discover, and we beat Latvia at home as well, which, uh, no, no, Latvia away, sorry, which was kind of not that uh, convincing either. The the win over uh, Andorra was, as you would expect, at home. Uh, but then we were pummeled 3-0 away in Portugal, which literally killed qualification once and for all. Um, and what came next was, was horrible, as I just uh, alluded to. Uh, Andorra was the game up next. Um, do you want to talk us through that game and uh, your feelings watching that game, uh, David? <laughs> oh yes, happy memories. Yeah, we. I think we dedicated maybe the last one or the pre the one before that, the podcast about just about how we felt and what went what happened. I. Uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like I, th- I think because that's a few days after we played Russia in a friendly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and and we got battered in that game. And I remember you tweeting something like, you know, should we be nervous about the Andorra game? And uh, well, it turns out you were right. Turns out, uh, it turns out the team team turned up and and just just fell apart. That was... I mean, what, watching it, it was it was you just you know just watching it, it was like it, it felt inevitable the way we were playing. Like we were trying too hard, but the players weren't into it. The, we had a, at least one or two new players. So was it their first cap, Dominic Nagy and uh, uh, Ben Sato yeah, at the back? Yeah. I think was it both their first caps, and yeah. you know that was and kind Vinicius of like the second game as well. Yeah. Well, where the, exactly, there you go, and then 
so you think, well, are we taking this seriously enough for? I think it was Martin Apple was up front as well, so that was I think his oh, second right. cap, yeah, and I think he, he just was, made his yeah. debut before in the in the Russia game, as you said. Yes, it's his first competitive debut, or is his competitive debut? And yeah, so that that didn't bode well, and you just saw that the team didn't click, didn't have any real leaders, and Ghetto was out, and just yeah, no, nothing nothing came together in that day, and by the end, it was just. That was that was the absolute low point, um, possibly of the last thirty years. I still can't decide whether that was worse or the Malta game. <laughs> yeah, we had that discussion um, on the last show, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, st- I st- still think it was the Malta game because if you look at the starting 11s of those two hungry teams, the Malta game, you that team should have ran riot over Malta. Whereas the Hungary game, you think, or the Andorra game, you think, well, maybe, maybe you could put it, chalk it down to some new faces or whatever. But there were none of those excuses in in 2006. Mm-hmm. And I think um, uh, Stork kind of reflected on that game and and, and in his pre- press conference after the Pharaohs game on Wednesday and said, "Yeah, I did make a mistake in that game playing the, the youngsters." And and I, I can remember saying at the time when we lost to to Andorra that you don't take games um, for granted. It not if you're hungry. I mean. If you if you're Germany and you have great reserve players, then you take it for granted and you play the youngsters because they're very good anyway. Uh, yeah, Hungary, yeah. In Hungary, well, our youngsters were in the second division. Yeah, and that's just, that's played just silly. in the second division at the time. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's that's one step too far of not taking that game seriously. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and, and you, I mean, and I know we we like we said qualification was over by then, but I mean, it's not the point, is it? I mean. No, that 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 doesn't matter. And if that's the last game and we've already qualified, you still have to win it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 another point: what that game, that game that lost to Andorra meant meant that we missed out on the UEFA Nations Group B, we because we finished like a tiny amount behind whoever was bottom. I can't remember who it was, Turkey or someone like that. Uh, um, and, and we're in Group C for the UEFA Nations League, which might not be that important, but it's, it's, it's a nice competition to be in. And we're and literally because of that result, we are now in, in C instead of B, which is annoying, but it's not the end of the world. Well, but then then maybe we're among the right quality of opposition. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the argument, isn't it? That uh, what would we have done in in Group B? We we don't want to go there and just be everybody's whipping boys. Yeah, it'd be better if we went to Group C and actually had a go at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's yeah. So like I don't think say, that, that's too, probably not too bad. And like you say, there's probably a better chance that we win it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, maybe it may be technically true. First piece of uh, silverware since the Olympics in. 62 or something like that i don't know or some uh 64 did they win the olympics in 64 get some do we not get some medal in her under under 19 tournament since then oh, does that yeah. count uh yeah maybe maybe we, we have to take what we can get yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the rest of the campaign after that after that lovely andorra game um was pretty much as expected we beat latvia 3-1, we were actually pretty good that day, I thought. Um, we, yeah. We lost to Portugal next in a just just ugly, ugly game. Do you want to talk about that game quickly? Um, I can remember yeah, after that. Yeah, that's very Hungarian, isn't it? Like, we played all right until 
one one of our players decided to just elbow someone in the face <laughs> and then that was it then we lost the game and we did all right like considering all of that we only lost one nil at home to the european champions we could almost say that was not actually that bad a result although i think um we discussed this on twitter at the time like the the response to that game was quite frustrating because the players maybe the fans as well but definitely the manager everybody treated it as if it was a victory that we only lost one nil at home and i think that kind of mentality is not going to get us anywhere that we go into every game thinking wouldn't it be great if we didn't get battered four nil i mean what kind of attitude is that um that was my frustration with that game 100 percent. that was literally it wasn't it like after the game everyone was kind of Literally, there was, it was such a buoyant mood. Oh, brave Hungary, only losing one yeah. to Portugal. I mean, honestly, we hardly even got in their half in the second half. I mean, yeah. ob- uh, admittedly, we were, we were down to 10, but it was it was just so frustrating, kind of the way that we set up to play and the way that we played. Like, I've never I've never seen Hungary be that physical and that fighty and that nasty, and, and mm. which is which is definitely a benefit but there was no football to kind of go along with it it was just pump it up to up front and and it was before even Prishkin got sent out i'm not saying that just because Prishkin got sent off and that's the way we played that was the way we were playing no, from the start right, exactly. and yeah. and and it, yeah fair enough it was and we almost could have could have snatched it in in a, um extra time but i mean you don't treat it like it's it's the best result ever like we 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 kind of did like the media i mean M4 especially, but it was kind of just weird. It was was just a weird reaction. Uh, I think uh, perhaps from their point of view, it makes better telly if you celebrate at the end. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Well, there's I'm... less to talk about if everybody's like, "Well, that was rubbish, wasn't it?" No, that's not great TV. Where it's like, "Oh, we did all right, didn't we?" Yeah, yeah, that was you know, that kind of self-congratulatory thing. I think is probably better TV, but and also but from... the MTI. And M4 mm. are uh, basically the government's mouthpiece. So. Yeah, and we need. Yeah, they need every bit of propaganda, right? After <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of is the same after the um, after the game at, in the Faroes. It was kind of like uh, there was a lot of support from Stork, from Buzaki and uh, Bogdan. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I've got a skeptical mind, uh, a conspiracy, conspiratorial mind, maybe. Um, but you, you kind of need to have that mind in Hungarian football. Oh well, yeah, exactly, the and then it's hard. Like yeah, you don't have to make a great big leap, do you, no. from politics to stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But I just think that that just is absolutely is not helping. We we need to get past that. We need to stop thinking of ourselves as as just avoiding batterings. It's just not not the right attitude to have. Yeah, it's, yeah, I completely agree. Um, then up next was a battering actually. Um, we played Switzerland and we lost 5-2. Um, lucky to be 5-2. I mean, 5-2 almost sounds respect- respectable, but it could have been worse, couldn't it, really? Yeah, it's not like that 6-3 game we had against the Netherlands a few years ago where we actually gave it a good go. Yeah. Um, that, that was an enjoyable defeat, whereas this one was just... I mean, I turned off at half-time. <laughs> I, I just... I, I thought... I actually couldn't come up with a good reason why I should watch the second half. <laughs> what was like, the score at halftime? I think I think it was we were three 0 down. Oh, lovely. Um, but I mean, even after two 0 I just thought, why why am I doing this? Mm. Like, why am I subjecting myself to this horror show? Because it was it was another one of those Hungarian things where we're just our own worst enemy. Like, we actually played, we we did all right. You know, we we some of our players actually seemed confident. Um, 
to take the Swiss on and, you know, they weren't phased by the occasion. And so we thought maybe if we settle into the game and whatever, but then we have to shoot ourselves in the foot with Gulachi's slip. I mean, it's just, it's just typical of us, isn't it? To to do something like that. Would you blame him for that? No, not, not for that specific slip. I mean, it's, it happens. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate. It seems to have to happen to him more often than, than I'd like from a, from a goalkeeper. But um, but in that particular occasion, I'm not going to say that was his fault, yeah. but it was just typical of the team to do something like that. Like, we're actually doing all right, and then we'll do something like, oh, you know what, no, we'll just sabotage ourselves by falling face flat in front of in front of the striker. And then and then we conceded within two minutes again, and that was it, game over. Yeah. Within within 120 seconds, we threw the, threw the game. I mean, like you say, you can kind of forgive... Gulachi for making that mistake it can happen to anyone really maybe he was a bit casual but that's kind of uh, splitting hairs what you can't forgive is the reaction to to that goal you, you, you just kind of front up and you don't concede before half time basically you, you kind of get through yeah go in one nil and regroup exactly yeah exactly I mean you just don't that's just so this is so bad to concede straight away like that the game's gone then like it was literally so flat after that and you just i mean we've got some experienced players like that uh, in the team we've got guzmich we've got kadar we've got um who, who oh, is kohut and besha at the back as well but you kind of expect like those two to kind of just like yeah we just settle down now and just but no we we just can see straight away um well, poor guzmich knows a thing or two as well doesn't he about bigger uh... Big stakes in big games. Yeah, big mistakes in big games. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And I think that was this like second game getting thrown in stupidly yeah, by yeah, that, Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, and then we um, after that, um, Ugray scored his first goal, which um, kind of made me happy. I mean, I was a bit uh, disparaging of him before the game, but he was a Holodosh, uh, Holodosh youth product. So I'm, oh, I'm always excited for that, obviously. Well, you've got to take that. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, no, I'm, and the I'm two actually... goal scorers for it, sorry, uh, the two goal scorers were both Holodosh uh, youth products. So yes, yeah, exactly. Beautiful. And I and I think well, you know, we've got to take the positives. I actually thought Ugray did did well. I think he he didn't seem phased by it. He actually tried to take people on um, and actually looked like someone who could make things happen. So yeah. at least something, right? And then he he started against the fair ones and um, and played the whole. And game. he was the better of our up front yeah. of our two up. Until Buda came on, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but, but you know he's in league of his own, so <laughs> he's in such a league of his own that he only played forty-five minutes in the two games. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, but he scored more goals than most of the others who played. I know. 108. It's just like. Well, he's he's the he's the nightmare of the pharaohs. Like, yeah, yeah. The, even the commentator was saying like in in uh, Faroese football schools they'll be using Buddha as an example like <laughs> <laughs> to scare them. Um, the uh, the Faroese uh, guy on Twitter who was going to be on the show Pharaoh has got a result and thank God he isn't. Um, no offense, I like him, uh, but thank God he isn't. Um, he, he he tweeted me at halftime saying no, not Buddha. And I just like laughed and I was like, he's going to score. And he, and he did. Uh, it was a lovely goal yeah, as well. A double shin, you know, I'll maybe describe it. Yeah. As... Yeah. He just scraped it in. Yeah. But, you know, he, he gets the job hassle. done. Yeah. And he was a hassle. And um, I think, yeah, I think the only reason I can think of in my head that he didn't start the two games was because of his age. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think um, the commentator said something like um, Stork had previously said that he likes Buddha as a substitute striker because he does really well against uh, tired defenses, and I, I actually see that. You yeah, know, I, I think that's, that's a valid point. Um, yeah. He's a good 
secret weapon to bring on the second half. Um, but before we move on from the Pharaohs game, can we just uh, immortalize the fact that I totally called how the game would go? Yeah, that was like just do that. scarily good. Yeah. And you also gave him a <laughs> reminder about 20 seconds before the goal went in. <laughs> yeah. That was that was impressive. Because that's, that's what we do against teams like this when when the heat is up. You know, we struggle and then we somehow scrape a goal in about 10 minutes from time. Then it's a nervy 10 minutes of will they equalize? I mean, how bleak was that game? Like it was that's just, possible. it was just awful. I mean, uh, uh, Stork had a go at the at the fans after the game, saying, "Oh, that it's was... hard to play against your supporters. Uh, it's yeah. hard to play when your own supporters are cheering on the other team." But they weren't. I know they were one they weren't and two in the second half they were singing for about 35 minutes of the half cheer and the Hungarians on I mean uh, if that isn't yeah. loyal support I don't know what is against Faroe exactly. when you're drawing nil nil after you've had the worst campaign in living memory it's just no absolutely it, it, they, they should feel um they should be really happy that like 20,000 people turned up yeah, exactly. I mean, why 20,000 people turn up to watch that game? Like, why did they not have something better to do? I genuinely like, they, don't they turned think. Up. And there's I... a really good opinion piece on, on Nemzeti Sport. Um, I can't remember who wrote it. Um, but it was about, like, you know, the players should feel thankful that they still have this, as much support as they do. Um, and I don't think Stork appreciates that. I don't know about the players. Um, I mean, but the fans were, were annoyed. Like, they didn't sing the anthem with the players and... You know they they made their feelings known, but but considering how bad that game was, they gave a lot of good support. I think in a country of 10 million, after a European Championship that Hungary had, and then the World Cup qualifying campaign that we had, I don't think there are that many countries in the world where 20,000 people would turn up to a game against the Faroe Islands. And be that supportive. I, I can't think of that many other countries that would do it. I mean, you, you kind of think to the other Central European countries. If that if if Croatia were playing in that game, they wouldn't get twenty thousand in that game. They no, wouldn't. they'd be boycotting it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you they are so they have they were so supportive in that game. Yeah, there were a few whistles and boos and stuff, and you can completely understand that. But the way they supported them throughout the game for most of the game. The, and, and to turn on them like that is just it's ridiculous uh, I remember we had a free kick I think it was the free kick when, when Jujak um, fired it at the keeper and like after that happened and we got a shot on target I remember fans were actually really buoyant for a few minutes mm. like you know the, they, they were just happy with any morsel of positivity uh, yeah yeah exactly and and it it did turn a little bit nasty at times like the Fans were singing like Dada's name. They were singing Alfida Center Stork. But you, you've got to expect that. I mean, these are paying customers. This is their country uh, who are failing in kind of bleak and depressing fashion. You've got to expect a, a backlash. And you can't just try and take them on horn to horn like Stork did after that conf- after that press conference. I mean... Where does Stork go now? I mean, can he stay after the way that he's he's treated the fans after that game? I I think ever since the Andorra game, he's looked like someone who doesn't want his own job. I think it it's been clear that that he dodged a bullet not being sacked after that. And I think you know I, I quite liked that the league or the FA actually gave him the opportunity to explain himself. They were obviously 
sufficiently happy with what he said to keep him on. And there were um, rumours that he actually resigned. And uh, Yeah, I was reading Chonny, that. You, you were tweeting about that today, weren't you? Yeah, and Chonny actually um, blocked his resignation. I don't know how much, how true that is, but that's what that's... Well, it is possible. I mean, that, that would explain his sour face for the last four or five games. Like, mm-hmm. he, he really has looked like a man who does not want to be in the job. Um, I think Gobby tweeted something like, you know, when you're already leaving the job and you just don't care anymore, that, that's in response to the starting 11 against the Swiss. It's like, yeah, that, that's how it felt. So I, I, I would be very surprised if he was the manager um, come the next, um, maybe not the next friendlies, but the next competitive fixtures next year. But, you know, I, I've been thinking about this. Like, if you look at our campaign beforehand what could you have expected from Hungary beat the teams that are worse than you lose to the teams that are better than you finish third and that's pretty much what we would have you know as out of all the possible outcomes I think we would have all signed off that that's probably what's going to happen and that's what happened but then when you look into it um you know we've got a terrible points total it's the first world cup qualifier where we didn't get a single point against the first two teams it's you know we were what i was looking at how many points were we behind them like thir- 14, 14 four, yeah. so 14 points behind i mean that's not close it's never been that high it's never ever. been that far so those statistics are really damning so it's like we've just snuck into where we should expect to be but barely so you know, the, to to the different degrees that you could finish third. This is the worst one. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we've had a was. campaign. We, we, can't, we can't say we have, and, and it could have been worse. We could have finished fourth if we didn't get a result against the Pharaohs, if they, they'd knock a goal. Um, and they actually did have that chance, that the one that kind of did. flashed over the, uh, over the bar. I don't know if Galucci actually had it so covered, close. but it was a great effort. Yeah. I thought, mm. oh, my God, this is... I mean, this campaign can <laughs> get worse. <laughs> that, that would have topped it off, wouldn't it? So, you know... On that, that that's. But then, then you know, this is something we've talked about for a while. That there are things that are beyond Stork's control, which is the player pool, the pool of players he can select from. He, he in the Euros, he was in a unique position where we had some of our top, uh, mentally especially top veterans, Juhas, Kirai, Gera, you know, in the in a great form. They were carrying the whole team. Dardai's spirit was still carrying the team. And I think you were saying yesterday, it was like the most motivated these players have ever been. Like they were all playing out of their skins. So, you know, that sort of carried him through that. And maybe in the Andorra game, that was one of the reasons we, we were all maybe a bit more forgiving or, well, maybe if not us, then the FA. Then they thought, well, you know, he has, technically he was the manager when all these things happened. So you can't, you can't take that away from him in that respect. But then... But then at the same time, we you need someone who can motivate players. I think there is probably more that you can bring out of the current crop. And yeah, we're in a, a, an annoying situation where our veterans have gone, but the next generation are not old enough yet. So whoever is the manager is going to struggle for three or four years. I think we, we've, all, we've all agreed that, but... But I just can't help thinking that a better man manager, someone who's better at motivating them, somebody who would have given them the hairdryer in the halftime uh, in the dressing room in Andorra, would have got just more points on the board out of the same campaign with the same players. A hundred percent. So I, I think it's hard, but even even if we don't know um, who the alternative is, we, we still can't use that as an excuse to keep things as they are because they're obviously not going in the right direction. 
Hundred percent, and 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 like you say, it's important to bring up the pool because it's never been at any, it's never been at as bleak a, a position as it has. Out of the fifty-two players called up in the last year, this is from Nemzeti Sport, only seven have played in the top eleven leagues in in Europe in Europe. Um, oh my! Players. So that's Zola and Gulacci who've been playing in the Bundesliga. Adam Long. <laughs> Who is now not even playing at, at, at Dion, but he was he was at one point. Um, Kodar in Ukraine, Adam Nodge, who's not played actually a single game this season for Bologna, Roland Shalai, who's now at Apoel in Cyprus, but he was at Palermo, and Norby Ballo, who who was at Palermo, who are now in the second division. So I mean, if you actually look at it now, Zolai and Gulacci and Kodar. Um, are the only ones playing regular football in a, in a, in a yeah. top 11 European league, which is absolutely but mental. Th- this has been a problem since I followed Hungarian football. We've never had at least one player who's just, you know, not world class, but near the top, like, you know, at a top club, playing week in, week out, at least one. We just don't have that. Can and I... we haven't had that. And Yeah, go on. Sorry, can I? Uh, right, this is a T. This is a squad in 2008. I, I can't remember who they were playing, but um, okay. So this is gonna. This is a bit of a long list, but bear with me. So we got Babos, who was at NEC, Fulop, who was at Sunderland, Bogdan, who was at Bolton, Zelesi at Strasbourg, Bodnar at Red Bull Salzburg, Juhasz at Anderlecht, Voshko at Avellino, Vonsak at Sion, Bodor at Roda, Timor at Plymouth. Midfielders, Hoynal at Dortmund, Gera at Fulham, Vodoc at Osasuna, Dardai at Herfa, Halmoshi at Hull City, Tot at Racing Genk, Buzaki at QPR, Koltai at Jor, oh dear, that's like it's down, uh, Jujak at PSV, <laughs> Husti at Hanover, up front we have Rudolf at Debrecen, let us down, Torgele at uh, Augsburg and Fetchesin at Brescia. So two players in the national team squad in 2008 were playing in Hungary. And uh, as you can see in that list, there were some decent teams in there. How yeah, depressing we had the is that? We had a Dortmund, I mean, how, yeah. yeah. Where, where are we from having someone in Dortmund who's actually playing? Miles. Yeah, Light exactly. Is. And I just wish we had, like, even if the rest of the team weren't better, it would just be great, wouldn't it, to have someone who's in, like, the top seven teams in the Premiership or something. We play week in, week out. But, I mean, we're we're so far from that. And I think all the countries around us can probably all name a handful of players who at least are spread around the better teams and the better leagues. I don't know why. It's a unique problem to Hungary, but but it is. And how scary is that, like... I, I looked at the Macedonia team the other day and the majority of their team are playing in good leagues. I looked at the Albania team, the whole 11 play in good leagues. I look at the Slovenian team uh, and they have fantastic players as well. They've got Jan Oblak at Atletico Madrid, who's one of the best um, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. They have Kevin Campbell, who's playing at RB Leipzig. These countries that I've just named there, they have a smaller population than Hungary as well. I mean, like yeah. it's just... it's crazy it really is i just i don't understand it i don't think anyone can understand it and and you know so that's that's framed the problem of that the manager faces real well um that's what we have to work with we have a promising youth crop as we always do Mm -hmm. if you think about like was it 2009 with that youth team 
Yeah, and a lot of the um, lot yeah. of them players still make up the team. Yeah, but do you remember like Vladimir Coleman? Vladimir yeah, Coleman Vladimir was Coleman. like, yeah. I remember him at the time. It was like, oh, I'm so excited, and then just tailed off. So I mean, that, okay. So we always have that, but we genuinely have um, a, a really good-looking crop for now. It's whether or not they'll get nurtured and and follow their careers properly. Um, that will obviously make a difference. But there is going to be a a dead period of a few years where where we just have what we have and we have to work with it. Um, But I still think that we can find someone who can motivate these players and and bring the best out of them more than Stork has. Um, And, uh, you know, it doesn't help that he probably doesn't want the job anymore. (laughs) I would agree. Um, This is Thomas Kronich on on Twitter. He says, who would your ideal candidate be as the new national team manager? Uh, You can't choose choose from former uh, managers. Oh, that's fine. No, that's fine. I saw. Well, he doesn't want the job because he's smarter than that. Um, I, I I solved the problem for you today, mate. Gordon Strachan just got oh, sacked as yeah. manager. No so way. Gordon Strachan, easy. <laughs> just for, for nothing else, the press conferences, him trying to deal with the Hungarian press would be an absolute delight to watch. Well, so you know what? That's Hungar- Hungarian's done. genetics is. Uh, he's been going on about that again about Scottish uh, genetics recently. I, I don't I don't know how well that would go down if he started questioning Hungarian genetics. Especially with Orban kind of saying that with so much and especially because Scotland were much, much, much closer to qualifying than we were. Yeah. yeah. So not much more to criticise about our genetics if that's the case. I don't know. I think it would be fun, but uh, you know, I don't know how serious I am. I can't tell anymore because I can't. I just don't know who else there is. I mean, th- there are some other promising managers. Like you know, you look at someone like Tomasz Bodok, who's done a really good job at Diorstjo. But is he ready to step up and be national team manager? Probably not. I don't know. Um, so it sounds like you think. Well, do we need someone who is maybe someone who is is removed from the politics? But then would they ever appoint someone like that? Like it wasn't. Um, can't remember. Did somebody did somebody tweet this? Or I can't remember where I read this the other day that apparently um, Stork. No, when when Dardai left, he actually recommended um, Trapattoni to be his um, replacement. And I don't know how true that is. I read it somewhere. Um, so Whoa. don't question me on the source. I don't know, but I think that there was a rumor, at least, that that, that was the case. Wow. But you know, is he the kind of person that the Hungarian FA would be okay with? Because they do they not need someone they can control a little bit? I don't know. I feel like whoever comes in wouldn't get the kind of freedom that a good manager would expect to have. I honestly, I think don't know. It'd be terrible, and I think well, uh, I think the majority of foreign managers would be terrible because they don't. Hungarian football is complex. It, 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 yeah. and, and it's not, it's not like, as easy as picking players, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're going over to manage, uh, um, not that they have a foreign manager anyway, or Spain or England or Germany uh, or Italy, where you where you know the players from the outside. If you if Trapattoni came to Hungary, he'd have to learn, like literally the whole pool, national pool, so he can um, like decide on who's best. He needs to know the players. He needs to understand Hungarian football and where it is right now. I I can't. I don't think a foreign manager would work in, in any way. Yeah, respect. I think and the only way it would work is if we got someone who has the experience, right? The Paulo Sosa, yeah, who's been, uh, Marco Rossi, in, that kind of. Yeah, who's been in Hungarian football? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be great. I mean, I'd take Paulo Sosa. I'd sign off on that. He's out of work right now, so you never know. Oh well, it's there just, you go. It's just. With... But would he want the job? Like yeah, that's the exactly. question, right? You, you kind of think... <laughs> we, we need someone who's a good manager, but is also stupid enough to take the job. <laughs> exactly. I mean, your <laughs> it's a stock very is thin like, line. <laughs> your stock is unlikely to rise 
after when you've taken the job because it, the job is so hard. It well, that's the thing. Is. It's a poison chalice. It's not. Yeah, it's not going to do anything for your resume. Yeah, exactly. Un- unless it was terrible to begin with. It, it's definitely made Bernd Storks better. Yeah, but he was at the. This was yeah, pretty empty. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got sacked as Kazakhstan manager. And well, so go on. So you have to make the decision tomorrow. Who is it? Ooh. It's not just you asking me questions. <laughs> I'm gonna go for. I don't think you'll get it, um, but I'd go for Marco Rossi. Yeah, I'd take that. Because he is, I mean, he doesn't have that much experience, but he has experience of winning the Hungarian League. He's played. He's been in Hungary, yeah. still at Dots in Slovakia, which is a Hungarian minority team. And he's had experience of making a uh, an average side win, win, a, win something and win the league, yeah. like against yeah. all odds, against against a much better uh, team in Videoton, a much better team in Ferenc Varas. So he, he's kind of got experience of doing that. I think he'd be respected by a lot of people in the in the in the squad, um, even like the players like Jujak and stuff, because he's he's had quite a, he had quite a decent playing career as well. Um, so and he seems to love Hungary. So I think I'd go with that. I don't think he'd get the job though, because I think they, um, from what I kind of glean from the um, setup at the MLS, um, I kind of expect them to go for something. Uh, German in its. Uh, don't please don't say Thomas Doll. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> although although that would that would scratch one itch that I have that you know, for at <laughs> yeah. least at least we could see some change at Ferenc Aros. Um, I think not that we've been that terrible lately, but still. I think some German in its education. I don't think he has to be German, and that's why mm-hmm. I think Bordog will get the job because uh, he he's had experience with. Um, Salzburg he was at or Leipzig I can't remember one of the two he was mm. assistant manager um, and then he went to Bromby so he's had kind of like uh, I'm not saying that Bromby is, is German but uh, he's had kind of a decent education and he's, his team at David Tekar they kind of play a certain brand of football even if they're not being that successful this season um, and at least he kind of looks like he wants to learn he's young um, I think they will go with him I, I do uh, but I'm not, it wouldn't be my choice. But um, because, like you say, there's there's little experience there. I mean, and and if you look at where David Tekar are at the moment, they're fourth bottom. Uh, the two, the three teams below them are Holodosh, Mezakoves, and Balmazu Ivaras. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a glowing itself. resume for now, is it? Exactly. Yeah. So is it? Yeah. That's the kind of thing where you say like, with should should Stork go? Yes, probably. But who do you replace him with? Mm, struggling. Mm. Um, that's my take anyway. Um, what this is what uh, Zach from Twitter says. Uh, I can't remember his actual uh, username, but he'll know who he is. Um, where do you realistically want to see Hungarian national team players playing at in their club time? Uh, oh, sorry club side that can improve the national team so wh- where do you want the hungarian national teams to, uh, team players to be playing uh, just anywhere outside of hungary or in the best mm, leagues i yeah, guess that's a, but... well that's a good question because like kleinheisler has gone to kazakhstan mm. is, you, that, would you... is that better for him than playing in Ferencvaros? i don't know what, what what is the quality of the kazakh league better enough that it's worth him being there probably <laughs> i don't know at but least they've got uh, at least, least they're they, in europe they have, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. I always just think 
playtime in a, a a foreign setup where the coaching is better and they actually bring the best out of the players with proper up-to-date modern coaching methods is probably the best thing for them so if it means playing in the second division somewhere we'll do it you know in the Bundesliga 2 I'm fine with that if, if they're playing week in week out I don't have aspirations that all our team are going to come from the top 10 clubs in Europe um, what I would love as I said is at least one person to play for like you know Atletico Madrid like you said Jan Oblak or just you know a reasonably top side where you could just be proud that we've got at least one guy somewhere playing with against quality opposition. Mm-hmm. But overall, as long as they get playtime somewhere, because there's nothing worse than Adam not going to Bologna and not playing in the second season. I mean, that's it's going to become an emergency soon yeah. for his career. And that's that's terrible because that's when it goes downhill. Then he'll start making concessions and end up in, in suboptimal um, places. That, that he might not otherwise, but at least he'll get playing time and then it just gets worse, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's kind of also a problem with uh, the Hungarian league at the moment is that, um, and there's actually decent money in, uh, in in the Hungarian league for players' wages and stuff. And if you're kind of comfortable at home uh, and, and, and are not that aspirational uh, apart from money, you can earn a decent wage living at home. At, you literally can because and especially when you kind of think of it relatively maybe the like the wage the, the number that you see on the paper won't be that great but then when you compare it to the living costs in Italy then relatively that you won't be earning that much more money for a player of Adam Nodger's standard for example who's kind of a risk coming from a different league um he won't be earning that much money at Bologna than he would have been at Ferenc Varos if he got a good contract. So, there's, I mean, there's kind of the risk that that Ferenc Varos could loan him back in in January, and that is mm. like that is scary. I mean, look at that, Kleinheiser. That's not what you want. Look at Kleinheiser. Kleinheiser had incredible stock after the Euros. He scored that goal against Norway, came out of nowhere, and then was playing for Wolfs, and then got that move to Wolfsburg, obviously. And then you kind, and then he comes back to Ferenc Varos. Pardon? Uh, Werder Bremen, wasn't it? Oh, Werder Bremen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That green Not that it matters, yeah. but yeah. yeah it's yeah. a green one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that, that, that's kind of my like fear for him. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it won't happen. I think he's too good for that to happen, but it is my fear. Um, but he's uh, going into uh, situations where he's not as much better as his peers than he is in Hungary. So he, he does need to adapt to that. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a tough thing for them to adapt to is that, you know, he was just miles above everyone else in Hungary. But you go somewhere like Italy, you're in a top league, you're not going to stand out that much anymore. So exactly. That's that's the make or break part of it, probably. Um, And the last question we have is who would your ideal 11 be if every single player was available? And that's including (laughs) Jabotchusti. Because Oof. we love Husti on this show. We Even do. Even though he turned we his back on Hungary, we still love him. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's that's another sad thing, isn't it? Like we can't we can't get over the fact that we lost one of our best players, and it's again what a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we just hope that it, the same thing's not going to happen with Nikolic. Yeah, that, that's the future, is isn't it? Very another real, bad real. point. Another another point in the the bad stork column. Yeah, is how he managed is, him. 
that was terrible. And the first, the first thing that the if if that's the only thing in the entry of the new manager is make sure Nikolic plays, then that's great. That's what we need. We have so for even, no other reason. We haven't even tried to build a team around him. It's a guy who, as we mentioned, we don't have many stars. He is a star. He's playing in the MLS. Fair enough, but it's still better than Hungary. And he's a star in that league with David Villa yeah. in it, with Josef Martinez, who plays for whatever team he plays for. He's quite, I think, I can't remember. But he plays for that national team. It's like Colombia or Venezuela or something like that. They have good players. I mean, David Villa got in the Spain national team and he scored less goals than Nikolic. Come on, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so back to that question. Who would you rather okay. well, Who's the keeper? Tough. Well, yeah, who's my keeper? I mean, I don't know if I know my ideal keeper, but I know who it isn't. I just, I can't understand how we haven't tried more keepers in, well, in this qualifying series. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Can yeah, you, yeah. Can you drop a keeper who is playing in the Champions League when our next best is playing in Hungary? Well, if he if he flaps goals like he did against Andorra, which I think was partially his fault, and, and um, I don't know if you saw the goal against Switzerland, but that uh... no, I, I only watched. I watched. I did go out of my way to watch the Hungarian goals just to get a feel, but I didn't watch the Swiss ones. So uh, I didn't he, see four. he made a, a terrible mistake for the fourth, I think, and it was it was a shocker. It was so yeah. So yeah, that was. Playing playing in the Champions League is not enough. Uh, is not enough uh, on your CV to to guarantee you a place. I would try some other promising guys. You know, I'm a fan of Dibus. I'd give him a few games. Medjeri should have a few games. I don't know if he's playing actually. Yeah, we can captain at first. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Great. Give him a few games. Um, Grof had a great season last year. I think he got one game in the national team. Is that right? Yeah, he didn't actually come on. He was. Oh, he didn't come on. So he was just in the squad. Um, and then we have Kovacic, who, who every time I've seen him, he was very good. So yeah, very good. we have options, at least to try. Like, without evidence, I, I can't say that Gulachi is our best choice. I have to see other people in that role. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair enough. Uh, right so let's put, let's put, let's put Medjeri in for now. Oh, there he goes. The big lad. <laughs> we have to put someone in. So. He's also playing in the Champions League as well, may I add. Well, there you go. For Olympiacos. Yeah, there you go. Um... Right back Fiola, that's a no-brainer for me. Um, Centre backs, I, I like. I know Kadar can play left back, but I like him in the middle. So Kadar and Guzmic in the middle. I think that's we can't improve much on that. Uh, left back, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, we've rotated that a few times. Um, I think Honja never got his his um, chance, did he? No, I think I he was know. injured now because he could have played now, right? Yeah, he is injured. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Was it? That's why Sobol came in in the first place. Yeah. I think he got I think injured. That's right. Yeah, I think he got injured in I training. Right. Yeah, I think he was called up to the first. first so, team. until I've seen him a few times, maybe Korhut is our best. Although I'm not a huge fan. No, neither am I. And um, but, but again, he's playing it's, in it's, a decent league as well. And again, it's like it's a pool of players we have to choose from. So yeah. you have to you have to do it. Um, midfield definitely Adam Nagy. Um, I'd still play Geta just because we don't we don't have a new Geta and and I love him. He's great. So he he can dictate the game and, and, and settle things and he's mature and he you know that team benefits from him um, I think Nodge was uh, really good against Ferro he was well. fantastic yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great in, in, in that in that game um, and he's you know he's got he's only going to get better hopefully mm-hmm. uh, caveated know. by the things we talked about <laughs> so obviously Drew Jack on the left um, I don't know who I'd play on the right I maybe Lovrencic I'm actually really happy with 
how he plays. He he he's a fighter. He he doesn't seem phased by the big games. He he probably uh, he actually plays better in them. I think. I think in that in, yeah. against Portugal he was really good fighting, yeah. like you say. And um, I can I know it was a bit ago, but in that Belgian game where we got in in the end we got battered in the Euros. He was classed that day as well, and that I think was yeah. his like second or first appearance in the tournament. He was quality. Yeah, he's, he's just so, a big I mean, game player. Yeah, so I think having someone like that is pretty good. Um, and then you have players like Varga, who who is pretty badass this season. Um, mm. But you know, he could be a super sub like Buda. As much as I love Buda, I wouldn't put him in the starting eleven because he he's shown that he's great coming on. You know, against Iceland, it was the same, right? Didn't he yeah. come on and then he was the one who who nearly uh nearly tapped it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then up front, I, to him, wasn't it? And then yeah, the defender got there. Exactly. Um, and so maybe four four two because maybe that's the best way we can get the most out of Nikolic, who, who would be obviously up there, um, and probably Salah next to him. Because mm, because Salah could drop deep, and yeah, then, and then and Nikolic can kind of play on the last man. I, I I'd like to see more of that because we tried the four four two thing sort of against exactly, the Ferros, yeah. didn't we? Except yeah. but we had Eppel, who who I'm just absolutely not a fan of. We played four four two against Portugal. Oh yeah, yeah. And Apple up front. Oh yeah, I, I keep like... forgetting Apple was there. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Bless I... him, but <laughs> he's quite forgettable in the national team. Yeah, so and, I think that's about right. And like, any, any any major major uh, controversial decisions there, or anything you'd change? Um, I'd say if we could pick anyone, like literally anyone, I'd pick Uvash, um, in defence instead of Korhut. Um, and oh, and then Kadar left. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. But I mean, that, we literally can't do that. Um, and How that was great. And I'd play well. Husty instead of Lovrenchuk. Um, <sighs> Controversial. <laughs> um, just because he's class, isn't he? He's good. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. But he is injured at the moment. Um, he, uh, he's not been playing out in China. Um, not that that actually matters to this, but I'm just saying he's. he's, he's I think he did his ACL, so he's out for a oh, while. Oh God. That could be the almost um, the end of his career. Yeah, he's he's getting on now, isn't he? But I guess well, in footballing terms. Yeah, but I guess in China um, terms, you can play for about seven more years. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. But oh. you mentioned China. I wanted to make a point there, actually. That um, again, I think the commentator made this point in the game yesterday. That isn't it funny that one of the reasons Nikolic didn't come, or one of the official reasons, is that oh well, he's all the way in America. He doesn't want to fly all the way just to potentially not play, which which Stork said at some point. Um, but you know, we've got players coming in from China mm-hmm. from. Kazakhstan. The Emirates, we've, from Kazakhstan, we've got players flying in from all over the world. That that doesn't fly. It's a rubbish excuse. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, and it just doesn't. You just have to look at the squad, and it doesn't work. Yeah, it's all down to him that that Nikolic isn't. Uh, it's all down to Stort that Nikolic isn't playing in that in in the team, and it's sad in in, in my opinion. But hey ho, hey. I've got a question for you. Go on. Um, who do you think is the best? uncapped Hungarian player at this point in time whoa um because we want hidden gems right we want we want to just have that eureka moment where oh yeah why didn't we call that guy up Ooh. so I'm hoping you could solve that problem for us now no pressure uh is Hungary got a cap let me have a look if it's mm-hmm. not if he hasn't yeah if he hasn't got a cap then it's him um uh, you're a big fan, aren't you? I love him. I think technically he's really, really... Oh, he's got two. Man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, How dare he? must have played against Andor so... in Sweden. 
Um, His Wikipedia isn't even up to date enough to. Oh no, here we go. Yeah, Andorra and Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. November. That's what it says on there, but let me. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> well, it's got to be true. Um, okay. Yeah, well, he's... Uh, he's 23 though. It's just getting on a bit. I just think he's. I just think he's really good. He's got. Getting on a bit. <laughs> As in, like, I don't know. I think it was uh, Jurgen Klinsmann who said once that if you're 23 and you're not a star, you're never going to be a star. Um, so, mm. But Gira was 25 moved about... to um, moved to England at 25, but he was a drug head when he was younger. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, that that, that helps so to, to become a, a late bloom. I don't think. Uh, I was, I was thinking um, that that guy uh, Beretz, but then he's got a cap as well, so never yeah. mind. Vida, I think, has got caps as well now. Uh, Voshos team is actually kind of full with these kind of gems. Um, mm. played... Capped once, so they don't count in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does caps. Shalloy. Uh, Daniel Shalloy. Uh, um, Sporting Kansas City. That's my choice. It's not even been it's capped probably... by the under-21. Oh, wow. And he scored, I think, six One goals cap in for Hungary under-18. Yeah. That's it. I, I was talking to him not that long ago he's going to be on this show in a few weeks and he said oh, that Stork... name dropping <laughs> he said that stork's been in contact and he says that he'll be in the next under 21 squad which is next month but he won't be in the national team yet which i think is a bit harsh because we're, we're quite low on strikers and he's been scoring in uh, yeah, why not play him against luxembourg might as well yeah exactly and he scored the winning goal in the cup final uh, for sporting kansas city which is mm-hmm. cool and, he did i mean i don't think anyone else I can't remember the last time, it's apart from Nikolic, where a foreign player scored a winner in a cup game, in a cup final. That's like wow. pretty impressive. Um, and he's really young. So I think, yeah, it's got to be him. It's got to be him. Maybe that's where we need to start exporting more of our players. Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? Like, uh, They'll have the glamorous life they want, and they'll actually be in a league that's probably right for their level. Yeah. And... And get... finally, it won't just be a retirement home for 35-year-old stars. Exactly, yeah. There's some talent in there. I mean, USA may have just gone out of the World Cup, which is hilarious. That but, um... may or may not have happened, yeah. <laughs> which is funny, but th- their league is definitely getting better. They've got some fantastic players in there. And um, and Sporting Kansas City finished second in their group, so he's playing at a good team. He's playing almost week in, week out. Um, so I think like, there's a brief future quite bright for him, and uh, I'm surprised he hasn't been called up already, but then... America, well, you so know, Euro you know, Tom, America is so far away. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's that, I don't know. Probably about, I bet it takes about 12 hours to fly over. <laughs> Which could just bang on a film, maybe fine, wouldn't he? <laughs> anyway, um, that was good. Um, thank you for coming on the show, David. We were going to, ha- uh, sorry, you can say what you want. No, that was it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Good being on. <laughs> um, and we were going to have Chris Barrett on the show, but he said his Skype wasn't working, so um, that, uh, that's why I said at the start we'll start with you, David. But we didn't get a, we didn't get a Chris on this one. But hey ho, hope you enjoyed it anyway. Um, thanks for coming on the show again, David. Thanks a lot. There he is, and um, goodbye and thank you. <laughs>